Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you. That was very light woo there. Well, you were talking a little lighter. I thought that maybe we were trying to, you know, be a little more professional or keep it quiet in the office today. I didn't know what we were doing there, so I thought I would match your tone. You didn't seem to be bringing it, so I kind of toned I, I toned feel, myself I feel like I'm bringing the same amount of, of, of energy and electricity that I always bring. Well, do you want to redo it? Yeah, just let's just let's we'll, just start. I'm not saying redo the recording. No, no, I'm just no, saying. no. And Joel T. Coleman, Woo! there with you on a Tuesday morning. We are glad to be with you here. On supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from, we appreciate you guys making us a part of your day, especially our great servicemen and women who are out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Uh, the weather doesn't want to make up its mind again, it seems. It's nice and sunny all weekend. Now it looks like we're about to have some more rain, which probably means some more cold. But, no, I don't know if you've looked at the extended forecast. I think highs are in like the 70s all week. So it's going to be hot and rainy? I, I mean, I, I don't consider the 70s hot, but sure. It's going to be temperate and rainy? I mean, I don't know what word you want me to use here. <laughs> Warmer? I mean, in my ideal heaven, the, the temp is somewhere between like 68 and 72. So, 68 and 72. Yeah, somewhere in there. I, I prefer probably closer to the 72 range, actually. Really? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm more of a keep yeah. it slightly warmer. Because yeah. I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just... Got thin blood I keep or something. It, I keep it nice and cool in my house, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, I've been to your house. Yeah. I've been in your hotel rooms when it was like 40 Oh, the, ho- no, the hotel rooms are totally degrees. different because like, the wife and kids would never live with me in the, the temperature I keep hotel rooms. At. I, I, I promise you people, in Omaha, you know, yeah. over the, when we had to record up there, I needed layers <laughs> to go into your hotel room to record those shows. If I can get that number down to five, that first number, if the first number of the temperature could be five, I'm happy in a hotel room. That's how you live in hotels. I mean, keep it cold. Icicles. Yeah. Just hanging. Yeah. Fan constantly running. That's what you want. I want to shiver a little bit. That's how I live. <laughs> well, I shivered a lot. Yes. Well, you wouldn't have shivered at all if you'd had a hot chocolate or a caramel macchiato or a blueberry cobbler or any one mm. of the symphony of drinks you can get today at Strange Brew Coffee House. If you're up here this weekend for baseball, please be sure to check them out. And after a Bulldog victory, nothing tastes better than a delicious ice cream sundae. And a great idea would be to either get you a great beverage at Strange Brew or go next door and get you some ice cream at Churn and Spoon. And as you drink or eat your treat, mm-hmm. drop by the iTunes store and leave us a five-star five review. That's not a bad idea. That's, that's a great idea. That's a million-dollar idea. I, I think so. In my opinion. All right, also want to thank our sponsors at College Corner. The good folks over there in Jackson, or in, uh, they're in the Jackson area. They have two uh, locations. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They are in Flowood by the Half Shell. And they want to remind you that you don't want to wait till you get to Starkville to buy your MSU merchandise. You want to have that on your back before you get to the ballpark. 
So you go by College Corner or you just shop online at collegecornerstore.com and check out their incredible selection, the largest selection in central Mississippi of MSU merchandise. And not just for Mississippi State fans, those other schools are well represented as well. Not on this podcast, but at College Corner. So check them out again today. Tell them that Brian and Joel sent you. Not that you'll get a discount or anything, just, you know, it's just nice to do that, you know. So why not? College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. Let's talk about today. This is a big show for a, for a Tuesday. Normally, Tuesday shows we're sort of struggling a little bit. Yeah, you know, after we recorded yesterday's show, I sometimes leave and I think, how are we going to put together a show tomorrow? But as it so often does, it just comes together. It comes together, and so. here we go. We got some basketball to talk about a little later. We got some football, another positional breakdown to get to. But we will start with as big a midweek series, and you don't get midweek series very often anymore. Normally, you just get a game, then another game against a, you know, two separate teams. But this is as big a one as you'll ever find. Uh, this is a consensus top five Texas Tech team. I use the D1 poll. They're ranked fourth in that poll. Um, 16 and one overall. Looks like you know Tim Tadlock has just kept the machine going, even after they lost a big chunk of last year's College World Series team. Um, and his team's known for one thing: hitting. They are they are a raking machine out there. In Lubbock, and even with the loss of Josh Jung, who was one of the best players in college baseball last year, uh, they have kept it going. This is a team hitting 338 as a team, <laughs> 23 home runs on the season for Mississippi State. It's only 11 home runs on the season, just to give you an idea. Slugging 566, uh, OBP is a uh, 454. Really, really good hitting team. Brian Klein's the leading hitter. He's hitting 419 on the year. Uh, the power man in this, so far in the lineup has been Nate Romback. He's got six home runs to go with a three forty five average and 27 RBI. This is a good, good hitting team. But <laughs> they complicate matters by being a really good pitching team as well. Team ERA is at 3.18. Um, teams are only batting two oh five against them. And for a Mississippi State team that struggled to hit, not exactly good news. Do you want to know what the opponent's ERA is against uh, this Texas Tech team? Sure. Nine point two one. They're winning games on average nine to three. They're they're putting runs up, but they're not letting they're not giving away very much uh, either. They don't have whip on here. Can I do the math? Walks sixty fifty nine. Let me let me let me whip out the let me whip out the calculator. Yeah, okay. I need one hundred seventy five divided by one fifty three. Divided by one fifty three. That would be a whip of one point one four. Pretty good. Not bad. Mississippi State, you want to do it for me here? Sure. 88 plus 143 divided by 124. Not not much worse. Not, 1.15. Yeah, so these are both of these teams are good pitching teams. The difference is a, Texas Tech is a really real they're an elite hitting team. Shout out Tim Tadlock, by the way. Oh yeah. Of the famous photo bomb. Hey, from, he, he photobombed me in Omaha last year. That's right. And and, and like loved it too. He he gave me a a grimace or a yeah, whatever he knew, you want to call it. He knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. He knew what he was doing. Um, big, I mean, just from a mental standpoint, this this series is huge for Mississippi State. I still think amongst the fan base, we talked about it yesterday, that Texas Southern law still sticks in the craw a little bit. You come out this week and... Maybe even if you split, but especially if you took both of these from Texas Tech, yeah, Texas Southern is gone. 
Agreed. Agree 100%. It, it's a chance for a total reset going into SEC play where, of course, you're 0-0. Yeah. And you're feeling good about yourself. It's a big mental couple of games for Mississippi State to just feel good about itself. To come to the park on Friday and feel like we are Mississippi State again. Um, because I think right now, not to say that the, the team's down on itself or anything, I think they take the field every week and think or every game and think they can win the game, but as a baseball player, there are mental hurdles that you still have to kind of get over. And right now there's some mental hurdles, I think, offensively. Um, there's some mental hurdles with just, the like we mentioned, the Texas Southern loss and things. I feel like if State can at least split, and especially if they take both of them, it kind of clicks back in the fan base's head and clicks back in the players. And I don't think it's ever outside the coaches' heads, but I think they feel like, you know what, we're the dominant team that we thought we were again. Uh, I, I just feel like it's a chance over the next couple of days to have a total mental refreshment um, to, to go into Arkansas feeling good about yourself. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. Um, talked to Chris Limonis on Monday morning. Uh, he, he revealed that Houston Harding getting the start on Tuesday went TBA on Wednesday, but I think you and I are in agreement that that will likely end up being Carlisle Kessler. It seems like it. I don't know how, what other direction you could really even go there. Um, could you start a guy like Landon Sims? But the problem with that is... I mean, you want to use him out of the pen use him on, on the, the weekend. weekend. But, I mean, could you sort of Johnny Holstaff approach it and let him get to start three innings and then sort of go from there? I guess you could, but... I Personally, I think I'd throw Carlo Kessler. I, I think. There, I mean, I feel like pretty confident. And, and we, when we talked to uh, Lamonis yesterday or Sunday, I guess you know, if you're listening, uh, he did say that he thought David Dunleavy would be available as well. So those are a couple of guys that have been and, and Lamonis, long relievers. Lamonis told us in our media op before the Quinnipiac series that that Kessler was going to get opportunity to relieve on the weekend, and then would probably get a start in the midweek, and. Uh, I, th- I believe, if I remember right, after that Friday game when Kessler threw a couple innings, um, he mentioned that they got him out of there and things and he was going to have a chance to start in the midweek. So I think he's mentioned a couple of times now that Kessler's probably going to get a midweek start here. So while it may say TBA officially, I, I would be shocked if it's not Kessler on Wednesday. But. Yeah, I-, I think you and I are in agreement there for sure. Um, I don't know much about the, uh, the MGM Park where the Shuckers play. So I don't know if it's a pitching park, hitting park, how that's going to work. But for me, it, it obviously seems that Texas Tech doesn't really care. They feel like I feel like they can win games either way. They can win, they can smash, or they can you know if they have to win a two one three one game, I think they have the pitching to do that. I think Mississippi State certainly has the pitching to do that. What State needs is to get down to the coast and find another bat. Um, you know, Foscue, Jordan, Jordan Westberg. All those guys are hitting over 300, along with Cameron James. Hatcher's back up to 283. Then there's a, a, a pretty steep drop of guys who have actually played, another, you know, let's say 30 plus or 20 plus at bats. You know, Tanner, Logan Tanner is sitting at 257. And then, you know, obviously Tanner Allen's out, but then, you know. Logan Tanner's a guy that can hit 257 with some pop. Yeah. And, and because what he's done defensively, I think, has been fine. Yeah. And, and so as a catcher. It's kind of odd to say it about a true, you know, a freshman first year player or whatever. Um, but I feel good about him defensively. So as a catcher, if you're managing a pitching staff and you're playing well defensively and you're keeping the running game at bay, and I mean you can hit two fifty seven, that's fine. 
the next it, it's it's like Pimentel and and yeah that's who, what whoever's at. filling in for Allen and right field and who I mean it's those guys where you need to find a little more offense. The next three guys, not counting Tanner Allen, who have more than twenty at bats, are Pimentel, Landon Jordan, and Luke Hancock. They're all hitting under two hundred. Uh, Cumbus is hitting one thirty three. He's got nine, like we mentioned yesterday, nine strikeouts and fifteen at bats. Tanner Leggett's hitting 133. He has seven strikeouts and 15 at-bats. Um, Pimentel has 12 strikeouts and 42 at-bats. State's got to get a couple more guys here. I mean, they just have to. And I don't know who that's going to be, but some people have got to change a lot of what they're doing at the plate. You know, I'm talking about approach and everything else. If you're Cumbus, you just can't, nine strikeouts and 15 at-bats is, is – the word is unacceptable at that point. That's that's bordering on you can't play. Like you you don't have an understanding of how to hit at this level kind of stuff. <laughs> what do you think is state's best lineup right now? Ooh. And I don't mean batting order. I mean the we obviously know a lot of these spots, but yeah. the do you keep Pimentel in there despite the fact he scuffled so much because I feel like he and maybe I'm just slanted by how much he was kind of talked up leading into the season, but yeah. I feel like he has the highest upside of yeah. these guys that are just not hitting. I mean, I, honestly, I don't really know. I mean, I, I would definitely, you know, I, the infield is, is set. Hatcher, Foscue, Westberg, James. Those are your, those that, be that's your, your guys. Um, center field set. Center field is set. Catcher is set. I think Logan Tanner has proven he needs to be the guy. I still have a lot of faith in Luke Hancock. I do too. You know, he, he was so impressive as a freshman. I figure he's going to get it. You know, we, we obviously knew he was batting with a little bit of an injury. And I wonder how much that's happening. Yeah, him. I wonder about that. So, you know, Hancock probably be your DH at that point. So I'm, I'm, I'm concerned with the, the corner outfield spots, you know. And you kind of just have to keep running Pimentel out there, don't you? Because you just don't have another option. You you know, I like Brad Columbus. I think he's got good upside. But when you're striking out nine times every 15 trips to the plate, yeah. you're not giving yourself a chance. You can't run that out there against high-quality pitching. I mean, when you're not even putting the ball in play. And and he's not walking either, right? I mean, it's no. not like he's... He has two hits. He's slugging 400 because his two hits are a double and a home run. Yeah. But... Problem is, you got to put the bat on the ball to yeah, do those I mean, kind we're not of even, things. You're not even not. getting productive outs there. So, so my just, guess is, I would probably continue to give Pimentel some opportunities. I, I think against lefties, maybe not. And yeah, yeah. you just got to put guys out there, and they're going to have to come through. Mason yeah. Land uh, got has got his got his first start yesterday or on Sunday. He was two for four. I feel uh, like Landon Jordan is a better player than what he's. He's a much better player. Uh, he's, We've he's seen just it. Really scuffled, but he is not. You know, and he started out that first weekend really hot. I've, you know, he has six hits on the year. I'm willing to bet he had five of those the first weekend. When you talk about what state's best lineup, I really do think it's leaving Pimentel and left. He's got to figure it out. Yeah. And, and Landon Jordan becoming Landon Jordan that we kind of thought he was. So he could DH. Yeah, or, or, yeah, because I don't like the idea of having Hancock DHing and and Tanner behind yeah, the plate. Then you're, because yeah. you, then if you, you Tanner gets hurt, you run into the situation where you lose your DH and yeah. So I, I don't love that idea. State's going to need one of these four freshmen, and I guess Brock is a sophomore, but Brock, French, McGowan, Leggett, and Land. One of those guys has got to step forward and become a decent hitter. <laughs> and then Pimentel has to shake off this funk that he's in. And you could, again, here I am filling your glasses half full again, but if Tanner Allen can come back and be Tanner Allen, and if one of those other guys figures it out, your lineup's deep. It just, it is. You have a really good lineup at that point. 
But right now, Tanner Allen's not in the lineup. And beyond those top three or four hitters, it's just kind of hit or miss on a given day what you're getting out of those guys. It's, I don't know. If nothing else, the injury to Allen has kind of forced now you to give give some of these guys that you mentioned, Bryce Brock, whoever you want to throw out there in the outfield, more opportunities to try and prove themselves. Right. That, that this, said, you got SEC play coming up. So it's, normally midweek games like this would be a great opportunity, but against a team like Texas Tech that you sort of you would love to beat for the RPI purposes and you know to give yourself a chance to have a signature win on your resume, you need to win these games. So th- this isn't about opportunities now. This is about no, we need you got to show up today. So, you know, the opportunities are one and the same with the at-bats now and it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I, I I think state can can split this week this week. But I will be far less surprised if they are swept versus if they do sweep. I think I agree with you. Mm-hmm. But I, I still think so much of, of our impressions of this team are shaped by the 90s. No, no, you're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And I, I know that all year long they have you know, they need, struggled offensively. I get it. They need Harding to have a big game. They need him to throw five innings and, and, and be able to limit what they have to do in the bullpen. Like today, if you look at Tuesday, if you could go Harding for five, maybe go two from Dunlavy and then whoever to close it out and then sort of give yourself, you know, Kessler tomorrow with the full bullpen behind him, I think you got something there. But we'll see. It's gonna be, this is going to be a, a – you know, when I, when I talk to Lamonis, and like I said, you can hear that interview. Uh, I'll have it up here on the, on the uh, Twitter feed. He talked about, you know, that this is a big week, but it's not a season-defining week. Well, you know, us in the media, we love to label those things. But that said, if you're 5-0 and or 4-1 and one this week, man, you're on the right trajectory. You're going the right direction. But if you're 1-4 and four or 0-5, oh God forbid, you're in a lot of trouble. Because like you said, you're 10-9 you're, you're and nine at that point. Mm-hmm. Not good. So yeah. this is going to be a, a very tough week for Mississippi State baseball. But if they come out clean on the other side, they're going to be in really, really good shape. We'll see what happens. Let's move on over. Let's talk a little uh, basketball. And that is brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef who are just waiting for you to get in touch with them and find out more about the great USDA prime beef that they are selling that you can put on your grill, you can put in your frying pan, you can put anywhere you want, and they will take care of you with some of the best service you've ever had and some of the best meat you can pot. Not only that you, know, you, you have had, that you can have. It's just that good. It's the the kind of it's it's, it's the same kind of beef you're going to get when you go to those high end steakhouses across the country. The same beef that's being served in New York and Los Angeles and Las Vegas at their high end steakhouses. That's what's available to you when you shop at the good with the good folks at Welcome Home Beef. Check them out here in Starkville. They're at three twenty nine University Drive. You can call them at six six two four one eight twenty twenty one, or you can check them out online at facebook.com slash Welcome Home Beef, and you can place orders with them over their Facebook page, and they will get that taken care of. Steaks, burgers, roasts, they've got pre-cooked meals so you can take care of dinner in a flash with some great stuff. Barbecue rubs, everything you need for the best cookout you've ever had. If you want to have the best steaks you've ever had this weekend at Duty Noble, call Welcome Home Beef today. It just tastes good. Do you know how long it's been since someone... Not from Mississippi State, won an award in this state that's sponsored by C Spire? Mm, 
Are, are we talking just basketball or any of them? We're talking all of those trophies. Didn't A.J. Brown win, win, win one? That is correct. Is that the, the last one? That is not the last one. The uh, No, I'm sorry. That, that is the last one. Yeah. But he was from Starkville, so we're, we're counting that as a win here. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. A.J. Brown, the, the last uh, non-Mississippi State player to win one. Since then, three straight in basketball, uh, three straight in women's basketball. Actually, six straight in women's basketball. Uh, three straight in football. Sorry. Yeah. Two straight in football. And now, uh, did what? Uh, three straight in baseball. Oh, no, no I'm wrong. Oh. <sighs> All that work for nothing. I, I'm all kind of confused over here. All that just, work for nothing. The 2018 uh, Ferris Trophy went to Nick Sandlin. Hmm. Dang it, I would have sworn Mangum won, t- won three out of four. I knew Rooker had won one. Uh, but anyway, long story short, it's a good time to be a Mississippi State athlete because you're winning awards uh, here in the state, and it's happened again. Three straight years of basketball uh, awards. Reggie Perry is the 2020 uh, Howell Trophy winner. Rakia Jackson, the 2020... Uh, Gillum Trophy winner. She might win three more of those. She might pull a Victoria Vivians and win four straight. There's a very high probability of that, I would say. Um, which is incredible. You know, and at that point, you're talking about State would have won uh, nine in a row of that award. But it's, 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 it's likely to happen. I mean, it's not just prop- possible or probable. It's likely. That's the kind of talent that she is. Um, you know, looking ahead, I'm trying to think next year for men's basketball. Assuming he comes back to school, I'm thinking Perry's gone. Yeah, Woodard, Woodard is probably the odds-on favorite or Weatherspoon. Um, Ole Miss, I mean, Devontae Schuler, and then they they have the transfer coming in from. Uh, I think he went to Cal or something. He's from Oxford. Jarkel Joiner, who who will be eligible next year. He can he can he can score. So that's some opportunities. But yeah, I mean, you know. Looking this year, this year in the state for baseball. This coming this season, this year, right here, season we're in right McLeod's now. McLeod's got a shot. McLeod has a <laughs> right shot now. Walker Boy, Powell down at Southern has a good chance. I don't know. That might it might break there, but we'll see. Um, I mean, it's still early. Like Foscue could get in on that too. That's true. Yeah, like I mean, that. it's so early. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no telling. For me, though, you know, these were the right options. Rakia Jackson. Easily the best player in the state, one of the best players in the country. Reggie Perry, not even close to being the best. I mean, he's the by far the best player in the state. Uh, you know, uh, and, and likely. I, do you think he's going to be the SEC Player of the Year? Ben Howland was asked that on the teleconference on Monday, and and he said that he thinks it'll be someone either uh, Richards or Quickly from Kentucky because mm-hmm. they did. Win it the usually goes to the team that wins the conference. Yeah. but I think if they genuinely gave it to the guy that was the best player in the league and and ignored the whole who won the conference, who didn't thing. Right, right. I think it'd be Reggie Perry. I mean, the guy's leading the league in rebounding. He's fourth in the league in scoring. He's got 17 double-doubles, I believe it he's is. Averaging he's a averaging a double-double. He's, double he's double. back up over a double-double, um, 10.1 per game. He's been the best player. I, I don't know that, that the people that vote on this will look at it that way because State didn't win the – but but state did overachieve based on where they were supposed to predicted to finish sixth or seventh, yeah. depending on where you look. So, and finish fourth. I think he should. I don't think he will. That is where I'm at on that. I tend to agree. I just I, I think it's going to end up being 
I think we'll find Probably. this out today, by the way. I think, okay. I, I think it's it usually late in the day for that. Well, I don't mean Monday. I mean today oh, as you okay. listen, okay, okay, probably you, Tuesday. Yeah. Um, probably last year, I think it came out on the Tuesday before the SEC tournament. So I, I'm thinking it comes out again the Tuesday before the SEC tournament. So I don't really know who it's going to be, to be honest with you. I, I think Perry has a good chance, though. We'll see. And then you know the SEC, the women have already made those announcements. Uh, uh, you know, I thought I don't know that I'm not going to use the word jobbed because that would be an out and out ripoff. But I, I think that Rakia Jackson could had a very strong case to be SEC Freshman of the Year. Not not you know not that Leah Boston isn't a, a good choice, but I thought Rikia Jackson to be the leading scorer and not have as much talent around her as Boston does. You know that South Carolina is just a more talented team than Mississippi State this year. I thought that they had a a real opportunity there, but we'll see how that goes. So yeah, once again, uh, the maroon and white capture the uh, the relevant basketball trophies in this state. The Howell and the Gillum uh, both headed back to Starkville for the third straight season. Not bad. All right. Let's move over to football. Another positional breakdown. Three three five sort of artificially creates some depth, doesn't it? Yeah, that's. Think, we were talking about some of this the other day. I know, but you're right; it does. Um, I mean, doesn't take a math whiz to figure out that, that that's three, good. three is less than four. It's good for us that that's so, the case uh, <laughs> because we don't we are not math whizzes. But even had. You know, even had the defensive strategy remained the same or whatever, you, you still feel a little better about this group coming into 2020 regardless. Kobe Jones, back. Right. Marky Spencer, back. Back. Nathan Pickering, another year under his belt. Right. I mean, you just start to, to roll off the the names. Yeah. and Jaden Crumity, Fabian Lovett. Yeah, and, and it's guys that last year, you know, they were a little wet behind the ears in some cases, but now, got a year. <laughs> some of them... Really, you know, made good showings of themselves. Pickering, you know, first year player last year, but had some fantastic moments. Yeah, you feel you feel really good about him, and like I said, confident in, in Kobe and Spencer and some of the other guys along the front. I think they're in fine shape up front. I think Pickering is the star here. I think he's the guy who takes a. I think he takes a big step forward this season because I think he's more of a natural sort of a nose tackle. He can play that that role that, that that Jeff Simmons was able to play for Mississippi State. I don't know that he can be as good, but he can be very good. There's no question about that. That said, it's pretty tough to be Jeffrey Simmons. So if, there, if there he, will never be another one. If he's not as good as him, that's okay. If, if State ever gets another Jeffrey Simmons, you will get the. I mean, they just don't make him like that guy. He's a freak. freak Always athlete. was. He yeah. was one in high school too. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Fabian Lovett, who's sort of the same way. I think Fabian Lovett is very much a true nose guard. So you went from you know defensive tackle was a little bit of an issue last year. Now you got two guys who I think can really play that position and be very effective. And then at the end, you know, I think between Spencer, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Jones, Austin Crumity, who I thought was a good player last year. Conde- I'm sorry, not Austin Crumity, Jaden Crumity. I was looking at the roster and uh, he's right next to Austin Williams. I knew so, what you meant. <laughs> you see, you see where I went there. Um, I think you've got you've got some guys there. That give you a, a lot in terms of being able to do both run stopping and pass rushing. I think they're versatile. I guess is the word I'm looking for. Um, and then I'm interested to see this year. You know, Cameron Young, who's a guy I think they were they were high on last year and thought he could have made a contribution before he got hurt. Obviously, you know, Alan Love is a guy that uh, you know they they thought could maybe contribute last season, but just wasn't able to uh, due to the uh, the NCAA ruling that made him uh, ineligible. 
And then you've got a few guys in the signing class, specifically the JUCO guys, Jordan Davis and uh, Trey uh, Lawson. They're the ones I'm sort of intrigued by, especially Lawson. Lawson, I mean, he's got a lot more hair than Montez Sweat. <laughs> but just the build is very similar. He looks like a Montez Sweat kind of player. Jordan Davis was the nation's number one defensive end coming out of junior college. He had, he had real, live, committable offers from anybody in the country. If he had said on signing day he wanted to flip to Alabama, they would have taken him. I don't know where they're going to play, though, because both of those guys could probably play that outside linebacker role or could also play the defensive end, put their hand on the ground role. So I think what that gives MSU is, he's at word again, versatility, in that, hey, so, so let's go third and one, all right? We're going to go love it, pickering, and crummity. Okay, it's third and five. All right, we're going to go Pickering, Jones, and Spencer. Hey, it's third and 15, and we want to rush the passer. We're going to go Picker, We're going to go Lovett, uh, Lawson, and Davis. You have a lot of versatility all of a sudden that you didn't really have last year, I don't think. One of the greatest things to have in sports, football, baseball, you name it, options. <laughs> to, to have... The ability to not just say, this has to work, but to have the ability to say, this could work. If this doesn't work, we'll try this. State has the personnel now, and with this scheme, to do some different stuff. They have versatile guys. They have some experience now, so it's not going to be like their heads are spinning and uh, a lot of these guys aren't adjusting you know, to a new level of football. Right. To, to do all that, I just feel like State has a a prime chance here to to have a really good front. Uh, I know that, I mean, there, there's some star potential there, but there isn't anybody, you know, a Jeff Simmons, a Montez Sweat, somebody coming back where you're like, oh, that's an absolute star and you know it. This is the year it's, where it's that person year, gets made. Yeah, and, and it's a year where you feel like they could be made. It's a year where I feel like the it's one of those some of the parts – is greater than the individual pieces kind of deal at the moment. It's kind of how I feel about it. There's not really a returning star here either. Mm. If we, if we were to say who's going to be the breakout player, it could be, it could literally be any of them. I mean, who's the most proven guy coming? Spencer? Spencer and Jones. Spencer and Jones. Yeah. You know, those are probably the seniors that have been through the most, but neither one of those guys has had a huge year, but they're both talented. I think they can, they can both, you know, put up big numbers. But the fact that State has all these different faces there, and you think about a year ago when you were like, gosh, you got to replace. I mean, you think about who you're replacing. Simmons, Sweat, Gary Green, Corey Thomas, Braxton Hoyette. I mean, that was five guys. Four of those guys are in the NFL right now. I don't know. I don't think Corey Thomas is, but you had four pro players right there that you could just sort of cycle through. And that's not mentioning, you know, you know from last year even, from Fletcher Adams and Chauncey Rivers, you know, from two years ago. And then last year, you know, those guys were back. So you just had so many guys in 2018. 2019, you had to find new guys. Now you've found them. This is, it's sort of like, uh, uh, you got to find them, you got to develop them. Now they're going to be stars. Next year is the stars year. This year is the development year. So there's still going to be some some growing pains here and there. There's still going to be some learning curve. But I think you're going to be much, much better up front. And and if nothing else, you've got, I mean, we've we've that's eight or nine guys. Yeah. To, for three spots. Well, what you hope is offensively, you're going to be so much improved that they don't have to be the stars yet. You know, yeah. the, the developing they they could still have some 
slip ups or whatever what have you and and you'd be able to kind of account for that with with more points on the board um and then you could really when when you fast forward this ahead to 2021 you you, you think the leech offense and if it's really starting to click and then the, these defensive guys have another year under their belt and the Pickerings and company, they are stars at that point, then you can really start again. Here yeah. I am filling your glasses half full for the second time today. Yeah, sorry. Right. But you, you can start to, you know, be Mr. Optimistic Fan if you want to and draw up some pie-in-the-sky scenarios. Yeah, no, no, no question about that. What's going to be the, the main... Focus isn't the right word, but is it just more important in this kind of defense? You know, I think back to the three three five under Jolie Dunn, and you had guys. They were their their main focus. I thought was they were disruptors. They were guys trying to force the quarterbacks into poor decisions. I don't. You know, they didn't get a ton of sacks. Dorset Davis and and Toby Galladay and those guys. I mean, they got pressure, but you know, for the most part, the sacks were coming from the dog safeties and the linebackers. And, of course, they were forcing bad throws that Robert Bean and Fred Smoot were picking off. Is that going to be the case again? Do you think? And do you think State has the kind of guys who can be disruptors at, at the defensive line position? I think – when I think of Spencer, I think he can be. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think Kobe can be. Um, Spencer's the one that jumps off the page to me as one that I think could have a huge year. I, I could see him, you know, getting to the QB some. I, I could see him – when I think of, of who's going to – create the most havoc up front to me marky spencer is the one that that just jumps off the page i could see you know pickering be a guy that gets a lot of attention because if you ignore him i, could, I think he could blow some things up there in the middle but mm-hmm. uh but from a putting up numbers perspective I, I could see spencer having the biggest year of them all i can i could see that i think the, the for disruption the guy I, I sort of like here maybe i'm a little bit off the page but Jaden crumity is a big body Long arms. He's a guy who can deflect passes. I thought he was really good last year. You know, he had learning pains or growing learning pains. I combined two two phrases there. Uh, he had growing pains like everybody else. But when he played, I was I was impressed with his play. I think he could take a big step forward. As I guess he's a redshirt sophomore now. That's the other thing to remember is, and you, and you just sort of mentioned it. Going into twenty twenty one, Pickering, Lovett, Crumity will all be sophomores. Lawson and and Davis will be seniors. Um, Pickering, they'll be juniors. Juniors, I'm sorry, yeah, juniors, seniors for uh, Davis and Lawson, uh, and you know we haven't mentioned guys like Demonte Russell and King Ani who could you know come off their redshirt year and be very impressive. Our guy like Armandus Cooley, who they were very high on that they they liked a lot in this current signing class, who I imagine will redshirt. We haven't talked at all about Aaron Odom, who you know he's a junior now, so it's sort of a this is it's either this year or it's never for for Aaron Odom. Well, the but. bottom line with all these guys this year is you don't find yourself in a situation where you just have to stick young guys out there and see what they got. You're not in a situation where let's just say that not that this would ever happen, <laughs> but let's just say that you had one of your starting defensive tackles suspended for eight games. You're not going to have to start two freshmen in the middle. You know you've got guys there. Not that anything I can't imagine anything like that ever happening, but you've got depth. You've got proven depth. You got guys who have proven they can play in this league, and I think you're you're set to have a good year this year and potentially a great year next year on the defensive line. And honestly, if you're good on the defensive line, you're 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 pretty much going to be good everywhere. You know, that that is sort of like having a great quarterback. If you have great defensive linemen, and that's what the 2018 defense was at, at its core. Look, 
Thompson, Lewis, Gay, Dantzler, Abram, McLaurin, talented football players, really good. But the key to that defense was Simmons, Sweat, Green, those guys up front. They took care of everything. Do you want to know why Earl Thompson took his? He took a little bit of a downturn last year. It's because Jeff Simmons wasn't eating up three blockers in front of him anymore. That's what Simmons did. He was getting two to three people having to block mm-hmm. him, and that either set Sweat up for single block, or it doesn't matter really at that point because Thompson was going to have basically nobody on him. State needs to get back to that, and they have the opportunity to do so. But this year, transition's not the right word because I think they can still be very good. Last year was sort of a transition year by fire. You know, you didn't want to have a transition year, but you ended up having to do it. This year could be a year where you could see – we could be looking at by the middle of the season saying those those guys are potential all-SEC guys, you know, Pickering in particular. So, Man, if you're saying that, and State is improved offensively. Sky's the limit. Get yourself a good football team. Should be. I keep talking myself into this team more and more, and it's so funny. Well, yeah, because it's basically. I mean, I guess KJ I Costello coming in. Yeah, I don't but, know what it's basically about the them. same guys. But the, the the Leach era has just removed the cloud from everybody's. If we, if we were doing these positional breakdowns right now, now defensively maybe not because I, I still believed in that in Bob Shoup. I thought he was good, but all the offensive stuff. I mean, I would be telling you that this team will be lucky to score twenty one points a game. And now I think they're probably going to be closer to 41 40. points again. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Spring well, football coming up. Yeah, spring football. We got the uh, the email today. We are. It starts a week from Thursday, I believe. I believe Here, that's right. Here's some key dates. Here's some dates for you all to know. Thursday, March 19th is the start of uh, football, spring football. It ends on April the 21st, which means it ends 10, 10 days, days after the spring game. After the spring game. Uh, they're practicing, it looks like, Three times a week after the first week, which will only be two. They'll practice on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Pro Day is going to be on March 26th. Obviously, will not be the same as last year's Pro Day when the entire NFL basically showed up. But some guys will definitely show up. I think things to watch for there will be, you know, what does Willie Gay do? You know, I don't know that he'll do much. He had a really good combine. By that same token, I think Camler and Dantzler is going to want to show up and, th- and try to throw up a 4-5 or, or better. Um, it's my wife's birthday, too. Happy birthday, honey. We're going to Pro Day. Well, you aren't going to go anywhere in the morning. <laughs> so, uh, there's no there's no list of as far as like scrimmages, and and they don't have any availability or policies for us yet. So I, I keep hearing conflicting reports on that. That some said that yeah, Leach lets you talk to all these guys, and it's no big deal. And there's some that say no, he's going to shut everything down. We'll find out what that is. Well, and I kind of feel like he's going to be somewhat open with it. Given the fact that on signing day we literally had a table with every assistant could go talk to whoever we wanted to, so that made me but that feel like that it's going to be. be a little bit open. Could be. So. Also, we'll, we'll if you, see. If you're interested and you're one of the ladies, the women's clinic will be on Saturday, April the 18th. If you want to make plans to come talk to Coach Leach and and his staff, want to have a men's clinic. Hmm. Want to have a men's clinic. You know what? I'm not going to go down this road with you because there's. Well, I, I, I'm not trying to hate. I want them to have a women's clinic. I just think that no, no, I'm not, they can I'm make not, a lot of money by men coming not, here. I'm not against the women's Mike clinic. Leach. I'm not against it either. It's it's. There are some women that's against the women's clinic, which I don't understand. Women, which I don't understand. But well, I, I here's here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna this is all I'm gonna say is the concept sort of leads you into the idea that women need a clinic. Well, here's the thing, as I say thing again. I enjoyed our chalk talk with Oh no 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 Joe Moorhead but last was, year in the I, summer, that, which that's probably a was, lot more in depth than they're gonna they're getting 
at, at this women's clinic. A lot more, if I had to guess. I mean, as a fan? Because this is more about having fun. We were there to learn. As a fan, I would pay... To, what we got to experience for free with Moorhead last year... You can year, make that a maroon... If maroon I was a, a fan, I would pay for that kind of experience. They could fill that... that they could fill... They could put a couple thousand people in the hump and let him teach and yeah. put stuff on the Jumbotron. Yeah. People would go to that. So, anyway, if you're going to the women's clinic... Sounds like a million dollar idea. I'm just saying. Put it on the list. April 18th, that's the women's clinic. Uh, <clears throat> all right, tomorrow's show, Rumblings, and we will uh, recap MSU's first game against Texas Tech down there in Biloxi. Also, we got a great uh, promotional idea. Not promotional idea. A promotion coming up. A great co- contest for you. Uh, that you will be able to take advantage of. We'll reveal that next week. Should be very, very uh, exciting for you. All right, guys. Get your questions in to us on the rumblings, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.